Hello and welcome to Voice of Restoration, a broadcast outreach of the Christian Brethren Church, bringing you Bible-based teachings from author and Bible teacher, Pastor Afolabi Oladeli. The power of change is in your hands. And the discipline not to follow the crowd. I obeyed the rules of the schools. That at 3.30 when they rang the bell at 3.15, I was out with everybody. I played hockey like everybody. But I knew when to stop and say, it is enough. Oh boy, you have a timetable to follow. I go and I search. When we were finishing, what do they call that? Uh, WASC. The time they used to call aggregates. I was below 10. I think I made aggregates 8 or 9. I, mean, I knew it was below 10. I ended up being a national scholar. That What good means to you will turn you to what? Being a mediocre. But when with conscientiousness and discipline you manage your time, you find that you can convert good to excellent. You can change good to what? Being excellent. Now I don't want you to think of this in terms of secular things. You know my thinking and my disposition with respect to secular reasoning. Because the same principles go with the things of the kingdom of God. We don't have time for God. We don't have time for God. When somebody steals your car with a good insurance, you probably will be able to do what? You'll buy another car. In a decent society, when somebody steals your purse with your credit cards and so on and so forth, you can make a number of calls. And the things that were stolen from you, you probably will get them back. But who are you going to call? When somebody steals your time. When you steal your own time. Who will you call? And I want to go into this. It's not going to be long. But to ask you to think deep in the use of your time. God in his kindness made my life to happen in a series of stages. Because when I, I, mean, when I got out, the boy was good was back. Because nobody, all of the people who I, I dusted them, Oguyemi, I got an A in his subject. So you just, you just slip back into your old ways in terms of the kind of life that I lived. Not something that I would love to talk about, except for reasons of pushing your spirits this day to make a commitment to God in terms of your time use and be a time militant in the things that relate to the kingdom. Praise the Lord. I told all my colleagues, you want to go and do HSE? Go ahead. You will meet me there. I had my gang. Some of them are still men, important men in society today. 
partners in accounting firms and so on and so forth. We had a rabble-rousing stuff in terms of womanizing and drinking and so on and so forth. But that was where God got a hold of me when I said in cycles. Because we then found that it didn't matter how many parties you attended. It didn't matter how many friends you had. When you come to just being you, there's always a void in there that none of those things could satisfy. That's how that January of that year that I'll never, never forget. Never, never forget. January 1969. I had gone to my drinking tour and so on and so forth. All my friends were gone. Those who wanted to go, I'm the one who said I didn't want to do HSE. Everybody had left. I was the only one left. And then the real questions about life began to really wire my spirit. Okay? Party is over now. The next party is not going to come until next Saturday. Between now and next Saturday, who is the real you? Thank God for that Presbyterian preacher. Never, I don't remember his name, but every scene that the man talked about on the television, on the rediffusion that day, I had no defense against any of them. I was, my case was finished and concluded. Guilty. But I received help that night with Christ. When I said, nothing that this guy said that I'm not done, but I'm willing to try him because my life was hanging in a balance. Suicide was the next thing. I gave my life to Christ that night. It was the beginning of a long journey. January 1969 till today. That's 41 years going to. That was the second shift. Where do these things come together? Follow with me. Ecclesiastes 11, let's take it from verse 9. I am not just storytelling. I want you to add this to the things that you heard in the crossover service in terms of what you do, what choices you make, and what God expects of you in the times in which we are. The days in which we are living. What is important to God and what is important to you. Hear this man who we quoted so much on, on, on Friday night. Hear what he says again in this text. Yes? Rejoice. Oh young man. Oh young man. In, in youth, your youth. Yes? And let thy heart share. Let your heart share. In, share in, in the, the days of thy youth. Of thy youth and walk, walk in, in the, the ways of, of your heart. That's a philosophy that all of us love. It's my time. It's our time. Majayorimi. But everybody, everybody that believes this philosophy, it forgets the very next statement. But no doubt. But no doubt that, that what? That for all these things. For all these things. God will bring thee into judgment. Even him. So that I tested everything. The pleasure of wine. The pleasure of construction. Agriculture. Economic wealth. Everything, the joy of just marrying women, male alone, we. He said, No, that for all these things, God, God will do what? Bring he will bring you into judgment. into 
being young is exciting. But the excitement of youth can become a barrier to establishing your priorities. That's why I went through all of that. The excitement of what? Youth can be a barrier to what? Establishing one, your priorities, and in particular, it becomes a barrier to closeness with God because of the focus on the passing pleasures. So, sons and daughters who are here, learn from the experience of a father whose life you have seen before you in a measure. First of all, in understanding that what? The power of change lies with who? I want to hear you say, the power of change lies with who? It's in your hands. It's in your hands. No amount of preaching that we can do here. If your heart is still as hard as stone, it remains as hard as stone. But you will pay the price. You will pay the price. And a number of things that we said to you on Friday, recall them. Because when you are sold to these things, the very foundation to faith you've thrown it away. And you will not be able to stand against the troubles that are ahead. I say it again. I specifically wrote this. Being young is exciting. But the excitement of youth can become a barrier to establishing your priorities. And in particular, it becomes a barrier to closeness with God because focus is on passing pleasures instead of eternal values. And if you can't make that difference and choice now, God will call you into judgment. That's what the scripture says. Can you finish that scripture, please? It goes on to, uh, right through to chapter 12, verse 1. It says, Therefore, yes? remove sorrow from thy heart. Remove sorrow from your heart. And put evil away from your flesh. Put evil away from your flesh. For childhood and youth are vanity. For what? Childhood and youth. Childhood and youth are what? Ah. And he has his reasons for saying that. Can you continue that scripture? Remember now thy creator. Remember now your creator in, in the, the days, days of, of your youth, youth, yes? Why the evil days come not? Now in the day you say you are strong. I can do this. I love Bemu and so on and so forth. You do whatever. You run and run and run. Because the evil days haven't come. And what does he mean by the evil days? The days when you are now old. And the seed that you have sown... They begin to germinate. You can't lift your foot like you used to lift it. You can't jump and you, like you, you, you used to jump. You know what? The only comforter at that time is God. But alas, what did you do to God? You pushed him away. You never had him. Are you, do you understand what I'm saying? Are you with me? No. While the evil days come not, not the year draw near. No, it has not drawn nigh. When thou shalt say, and the years I have when, no pleasure I have, in them. You, when those things then don't become, they are no longer pleasurable. But you have distanced God from your lives. I want you to think: what are the things that steal your time? 
What are the things that make it impossible for you to establish your priorities? What are the things that are gobbling the time that you need to spend in the presence of God where you can get his counsel, where you can get his wisdom, where you can get his instruction and become an excellent one in his hand? What are those things taking your time? I could give lots of examples, but at the risk of being misunderstood, I will leave you to search those things out because each one of you, you know what it is. You know what it is. Some of you owe a little bit of relaxation. And before you know it, all the time is gone. Oh, I have to keep the house clean. Before you know it, you are worried the time is gone. Has relaxation now become the most important thing? Has the house that you are cleaning now become the God that you dedicate all the time to? This is not saying don't clean your house, but saying identify and choose your priorities. People, how you spend your days is how you spend your thank you, son. Because what is life after all? Monday has gone. Tuesday has gone. Wednesday goes. Thursday has gone. How much of my life has gone? One week has gone. And you are still there. You don't know what you are doing. How you spend your days is how you spend your life. Life doesn't consist of anything more than a compilation of the events of each day. The compilation of the events of each day. So if, oh, you had an excuse today. Bro, I had, to, I, had, I had to just catch that thing. Tomorrow morning, something comes. Another excuse. Gradually, you are distancing yourselves from the things that will make for stability in your lives. People, some people keep logbooks. In terms of just writing, how did I spend today? How did I spend tomorrow? Or uh, the day that follows, the day that follows, follows. so that at the end of one week you can go back. Who did I pray for this week? What have I prayed for? Who did I speak to? What did I spend my time doing? I'm not saying, (laughs) even if I say so, let it be so. That you have just become a recluse. Thank you. In being a recluse, I know the things that I've achieved. I'm going to, this, and this is not going to be drawn long, so like you can go wherever you want to go, but let's, let's move forward. How you spend your days is how you spend your life. Ephesians 5 begins to, uh, to exhort us, because there are four key things that I'm going to be crossing on that I wanted to focus your attention to in this issue of being a time militant. Somebody who will change and revolutionize the way you use your time in the manner that it allows you to align your priorities with the things that are pleasing to God. The things that will align you with the spiritual and cause changes in the circumstances that surround you. That people can look at you and say, yes, this is indeed a child of God. 
Ephesians 5. See then that he works circumspectly. Verse 14. Is that verse 14 you are reading from? Verse 14. Yes. Wherefore, yes. he said, Awake thou that sleepest. You that has been sleeping, you have every reason to sleep. Oh, I'm tired. Oh, I'm this. Oh, I'm that. It's not now saying that, well, that your poverty will catch up with you. He said, wake up. And he's likening the person who is sleeping as one who is what? Oh. Awake, thou that sleepest. Rise up from the dead. You are a dead man. A dead woman. If all your life is just sleep, 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 sleep. But Christ will do what? Give you light. Give you light. You must realize that you are in darkness first. And that's the whole intention of these few words. This charge. To make you a time militant. One that understands the value of each day. Each 24 hours that God puts in your hands. Yes, go on. Verse 15. Seeing then that he walks circumspectly. Yes, not as fools. Yes, but as wise. Give me that verse in Amplified. And then we'll continue. Yes? Look carefully then. Then how you walk. Aha. Look carefully how you walk. Live purposefully. Ah! Live purposefully. Define your priorities. And worthily. And worthily. And accurately. And accurately. Not I, as you know, some of these translations, I, I just love them. Because they hammer it, dissect it in the way that you can find right application. Don't be unwise. Don't be what? Witless. But as wise, sensible, and intelligent, intelligent people. people. That's where the creation of the balance is. I told you, I still play hockey. But I had known where to say, look, this is no. When I say no, this is no. That is the power of discipline. No. No. No to myself. No to the things that have been suggested inside me. Go on. Redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. Making the very most. Go back to the Amplified. Making the very most of the time. That's the one I'm looking for. Buying Buying up up what? Each opportunity. Each opportunity. Every day of your life is an opportunity from who? From God. An opportunity from God. Let there be a difference. Let there be a difference. Set those priorities in line with the opportunity because he says it, the days are what? Evil. If you cannot identify God-given opportunities, there is already a, a, a substitute waiting for you. And the substitute that is waiting for you is what? Is evil. David used to ask me, I mean, he said, I mean, because some of this, you see the burden. 7.30 a.m., sometimes 7.15 a.m., I'm in the office. And you wonder, how does this man do it? The power of change is where? And then God adds his grace unto it. But you have to start. God adds 
His grace on it. There's a release of grace. To a child, like you say, the, the Umbati people say it, that the child that stretches his hand is the one that is saying, please lift me up. When God sees you taking those steps, when he sees you taking those steps, it will not be hard for God to say yes. For he said, you will find me when you do what? When you seek me with all your heart. Learn to say no. Stress is what happens when your gut is saying no and your mouth is saying yes. You set up a conflict in yourself. Because for those who belong to God, your conscience responds to the motivation of God's spirit when he's speaking. But you set up a dichotomy. Because when your God is saying no, no, no is the answer. Say yes. Because the circumstances permit. And people around you say yes. Something struck me in particular when I was looking at John 17.4 in this particular scripture. Still on this question of uh, uh, making, making, making every minute count. How do you know how to make a minute count? Jesus said here, I, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have done what? I have finished the work, the work which thou that thou givest to me. That work was given for a specific what? Thanks for listening. Join us again on Friday for the concluding part of today's sermon. If you want further information on what you have heard on today's episode, please call 0803-3628-796 or visit us online at tcbc.org.ng.